in a world with custom calls, custom shotguns, and custom shotgun shells, why stop there? Why not custom decoy rigs made to hunt the way you hunt? From the jerk cords for the flooded timbers of Arkansas, to the long lines for the diver hunts of the Great Lakes, to the Texas rigs for the crawfish ponds of Louisiana and the rice fields of the Sacramento Valley. At A-Bear's Custom Decoy Rigs, LLC, they have the rig for you. From their coated cable to their patent tangle-free monofilament rigs to their endless weight, shapes, and sizes, they have what you're looking for. Find them at www.abearcustomdecoyrigs.com or find them on their Facebook page. Remember, get the rig for the way you hunt. everybody to another show of plywood connections like always my name is chris i'm here with both my bud uh sharp and joe joe hey how you guys doing this evening no stranger to the podcast this our guest this evening is mr bill daniels from rice and custom calls hey bill how how are you doing tonight good how y'all doing we're doing good doing good can't complain oh. <laughs> so i guess nobody listens uh, anyway <laughs> we can play no one listens <laughs> yeah. nah, you know, but um hell well you know i was gonna um yeah, i just lost my train of thought so bill i, I guess a couple things you want to talk about is um a couple calls that are coming out and then um actually the big thing was uh this call competition i know we went to it last year it was a good time and joe and his boys will be competing again this year i don't know uh sharp will but um uh, I know it was a good time. Can you talk a little bit about before we jump into it? Yeah, we're gonna uh, we're gonna have our our um, world spec and world snow and uh, world mallard meat duck. And uh, this year we're gonna have a, a novice meat duck, something new uh, that we hadn't done before. We're kind of doing following the uh, that ICA uh, in, ICA rules for that contest. And then uh, we'll also have the junior spec and the junior duck, the world snow, and uh, all the team contests. And it's going to be in the same location? Yes, it's going to be in Lake Arthur, Louisiana at the Lacassine Club. It's uh, actually a duck club that I guide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if if y'all haven't seen it, it's a nice area. But um, for the listeners, if y'all want to check it out, I know we posted it on our Facebook page. And uh, Bill, if you look up uh, Rice and Custom Calls, um, yep, you can look it up there look, well. look up Rice and Custom Calls, or look up USA Waterfowl Calling World Championship. Yeah, I know Joe. Uh, Joe's boys are excited. They had a good time last year. So um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that uh, we have a little better turnout than we had last year. It sounds like there's going to be a few more people. Come yeah. out and uh, you call. Yeah, definitely. I'll both my boys calling in youth, and then I'll be blowing with them in teams. And I think all three of us are blowing in August. Good, good. Yeah. The more the merrier. I hope we have a I hope we have a big turnout. Yeah, for for the viewers that are around here in Louisiana, Arkansas, Texas, or even the Mississippi, you just want to come down for out for a day. I mean, it is. I like going when I donate money to everyone's competitions, <laughs> everyone else's winnings, <laughs> but. Um, it's just good fellowship after season with other fellow duck hunters, other fellow guys that are enthusiasts with waterfowl calling. And for the guys who've never, you know, that are getting in or want to start calling more, I mean, that's the best place to learn. And, you know, and I've never met a guy at the competition from someone like me who donates money to the guys that like Seth and Hayden that win them. Uh, that I donate my money to everyone's great guys and they're all guys to learn from. Yep. I haven't, uh, I haven't met anybody that wouldn't take a few minutes to try and help somebody that's, that's trying to get into it or wants to learn a little bit more on, on how to do it. And like you said, plus, it's a great place, a great place to meet people that have the same interest as you. Yeah, absolutely. And it's good eating too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we might have something last time, but. We might uh we might have something good cooking again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean there ain't much but, uh, there ain't much bad stuff down here in Louisiana. No, no. 
I, I promise you it'd be it'd be different in any other contest that you go to as far as uh what there is to eat and uh and the atmosphere of the contest. Yeah. And it, I mean, it, even that it's in a great area to, uh, at the Lacassin Club where where you uh, help guy that bill, um, yeah. which uh, I mean, if anyone knows, you know, guys down here, you know, even when I'm having a slow day, I'm, I'm calling Bill or texting Bill when, when I'm in my pit. <laughs> you know, how's your day? And you know, Bill's just giving a thumbs up. <laughs> it's funny too because it's funny because we've been out we've been out together and. You know, you'll message Bill or whatever. It's like, hey, how's your day? He's like, ah, it's kind of slow. And he has like 10 specs or something. I was slow. Like, what? <laughs> but, <laughs> and it just make, it makes a, a Joe's all like, well, yeah, I need to step my game up. <laughs> yeah, this well, is it's, it's just a special, special place where, I, where I'm fortunate enough to guide. It's the, it's not the, it's not the average, uh, it's not the average place anymore. It's a, it's a very special place to hunt. Yeah. Um, so how was your season this year? Uh, it was really good. I mean, we had uh, probably the, well, I know we had the best teal season we had. Uh, and also our, our duck season was probably the best, best one we've ever had, uh, in uh, quite a few years, if not ever. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this year for, you know, I hunted, I didn't travel as much as I did last year. Uh, I, I went up and I was fortunate enough to hang out with, um, Old Sharp here, and me, me, me and Sharp started the season off this year and had a phenomenal teal season. Um, and then you know, I had to hunt up, up, up in um, fortunate enough to hunt up in Arkansas with some great guys, uh, with old Clint and um, uh, Mr. Charles. And you know, that was a great season. But this year, I will say, down here in Louisiana, after Thanksgiving, I stayed steady, I, I was killing pretty much, I mean. We're steady killing birds down here this year, and um, yeah, definitely it was probably my my for me my and out of the six seasons I've hunted down here, it was my top season down here in Louisiana. Yeah, it was definitely the year of the green wing teal for sure. Yes, that is true. That and the spoonbill, we killed a lot yeah. of spoonbills. Well, if if it wouldn't if uh, if it wouldn't have been for green wing teal, I think pretty much everybody would have had one of their worst seasons they ever had. Yeah, but we all love a green wing teal. I can't complain love. about green wing teal, yeah. man. I, mean, yeah. I love a green wing teal shoot, especially when the when they start ball the big balls start balling up on you. I I love watching those little suckers work a rice field. I love them too. I wish they'd come around every day. <laughs> <laughs> make you look. They always make you look good on a duck call. It seems like. <laughs> Oh yeah, you're always a hero when a ball of teal comes in and decoys. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, but they can humble you shooting though. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that I don't is true. Talk about some of the shooting, I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there was days this year I'm, I, I'd call them in for guys. I wouldn't even shoot them. Like, How'd y'all miss those? Dude, oh, yeah, I had a couple groups like that this year. I'm talking about like swinging 10 yards, slowing down to the decoys. And then, I mean, not even a feather. <laughs> oh, I know. I ask them sometimes if they practice in catch and release duck hunting. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to catch scare them. them. <laughs> Con- conservation. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 So, speaking of conservation, uh, me, also all three of us were up in Arkansas this year when the whole – bird flu stuff, you know, came about up there in the, in the Arkansas. I, I like to call it the ground zero of the, of the, the bird flu epidemic this season. But did you see any of the, any of that stuff down here? Or were you, were you hunting that this season? Um, a little bit at the very beginning of the season and then not, not any at the end. Yeah, Same. Just, I saw. Very, yeah, I, very I little, very little. Yeah, everywhere, I think, because there was uh, some issues here, too, and, like, closer to, like, the Arkansas, Louisiana coast, East Texas, and I think towards the end of it, it was kind of, like, died off almost. Yeah. Yeah, it, uh, like I said, I didn't see any after the first few weeks or first yeah. split. I didn't see any anything out of the ordinary after that. Was it, like all... said, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a whole lot in the beginning, either. Yeah, was it all snow geese, or, or was yeah. it some... Yeah. No, no, it's no. Yeah. yeah, it was weird. Um, 
I remember when I first got to Jonesboro, uh, the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, me and uh, Mr. Charles were driving around kind of scouting out for where we're going to take these vets hunting. And um, we seen some snow geese. Like, oh, you know, they're all in the decoys. We had a couple. They were acting funny out in the blind or on the decoys or on the fields. We had one that it was like, a, we called it the zombie goose. It circled his truck the whole time we were scouting and just <laughs> yeah. literally hovered over his truck about like rooftop height. And we're like, that's probably the weirdest. And then that next morning is when uh, Arkansas Fishing Game came out with the whole, these geese are, you know, these geese are acting funny. They might be a little sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, yeah, we I have- heard it had quite a, quite a few of them dead up there in Jonesboro. Yeah. <laughs> we had a, we actually had, a, saw a lot. In the, just in the fields, just laid out, like not flying, walking around. Like you can get close to them, they let you grab them. It was crazy. Um, mm-hmm. Your boy, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was insane. I had never seen them work like that or do that. My first yeah. thought is, let's look for bands. Uh, I, <laughs> I flipped over a lot of dead snow geese with my foot this year and did not, did not find any. I'm I'd sure go out of my way a lot. <laughs> yeah, and you, it seemed like everyone we talked. This was a season for bands too. Yeah, it was quite. I heard, I saw quite a few bands posted up on Facebook this year. Yeah, uh, our, our, our old uh, old Sharp Shy's first band this season. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, abandoned Mallard. It was supposed to have a transmitter on it, but the transmitter fell off like a year, oh, about wow. a year when I shot it. But he still sent me all the uh, all the data that they had on the bird. Oh, cool! Yeah, those those transmitter birds they 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 get shot quite a bit. Uh, the guy that does, puts them on down here, he, he he puts them on as soon as he puts them on, somebody shoots them. Shoots them, yeah. Cause all that, a lot of that. Uh, it, it seems like a lot of the transmitter birds are birds that are banded in wintering areas and not in like their their right. uh, breeding grounds. Yeah, they. They do a bunch of specs and uh, and mallards on, in the ref, Lacassine Refuge and then on, also on our farm and neighboring farms around here. Yeah. Yeah, Lacassine. As far as oh, this. Chris. Go ahead, go ahead. I was at Lacassine oh, well. uh, changed a little bit this season. Yeah, that's usually my go-to is uh, Lacassine. And you know what? I think I, the lack of water, too. Yeah, it went to more potholes. But um, we see a lot of mal- this year. I've seen a lot of mallards down here more than usual. How how is it where you're at and at the, at the Lacassine Club? There, Bill. Uh, mallard. There was mallards on the farm, but the mallards never left the spot where they sit. Yeah. Uh, you could you could pass by and see the same mallard sitting in the same place for weeks, and never see them never see them fly around at all. They they fly in a fly in at night and leave in the, in the dark before hunting time. And if they, they find them a place, they sit there, they don't ever leave that spot. <clears throat> well, I will say too, um, well, Joe, that tilt, when we, I went down there for till season, when we took the boat, I mean, man, that, that little, little hole we found, um, I mean, we could have lived out on wood ducks and, you know, I mean, we had, we had some other big ducks come by too. So, I thought that was pretty good. Um, but yeah, as far as life is seen, I mean, it was just that refuge that it was just all no water, wasn't holding anything. And did you well, hunt it at all, Joe? Uh, yeah, we hunted a few more times this season and it held water, but it was more of like a pothole. It wasn't like the big open waters like we would seen back in, you know, because back in, uh, two years ago, it kind of reminded me a lot of the, of the little Chenier and Grand Chenier. But, you know, it, it, it kind of, they drained it a little bit and they um, made it more of a, or, or more of a pothole type um, habitat. The the refuge itself, the pool, the Lacassine pool, it held a lot of ducks all year long. Yes, yes. Um, and, uh, the, place, the place you could hunt, not so much, but. Not so much. Uh, the pool, there the was pool some itself, people that, um, that, that, that um, what I like to call played a, a, a game of, uh, Mess around, find out this season with the game wardens. <laughs> oh yeah, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely that. That was played this season. That's crazy, uh, man. Yeah. I've never had I, – I've never had uh, – I've never – I don't think I've ever seen the uh, game warnings when I'm hunting in Louisiana. But, oh, uh, you know what? I lied. That game warning that was there at but, uh, Button. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me and Sharp, yeah, we have. <laughs> yeah, but I've never – I, I see more game wardens here in Texas when I'm hunting hunting here than I've seen them down in Louisiana. But yeah. I don't know, maybe it's just my luck. I wish I had that problem. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe um, I don't know. But as far as this season, Bill, um, we've kind of like we we talked about the calls and stuff. We've um, your new call that you kind of uh, that came on Facebook. Um, you want to talk about anything coming up as far as your calls that? Uh, that one that you just posted. Yeah. Um, it's just, uh, it's just an old style, old style, long barrel, uh, half inch, uh, tone board goose call. Um, it's just something, uh, it seems like everybody's going back to the wanting to try going back to the old ways with the old calls and all that. So I, I just built something that's, uh, that's similar, you know, it's kind of slim, slim shape and, um, just something easy to blow and something a little bit quieter than than the other than the big boy calls. It's something something to give them a little different sound. So, do you think the geese act differently? I I, I and I'm saying this. I know sharp sharp's in the, up in Arkansas. I mean, you talked about this, Bill. When when, when we're having a tough time down here in Louisiana, when we want to kill geese, I guess we got to go to Arkansas. It's the land of the uh, of the gimme goose, but do you feel that yeah. that 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 different board, the different sounds, kind of help us down here more in uh, Louisiana uh, with um, the geese? Um, some days it doesn't doesn't matter. You can blow whatever, and they're not going to listen to you at all. But yeah, I, I think each each sound, a different sound's got its place. I mean, some sometimes I. You know, I blow a, uh, my my five eighths call or three quarter call, and they don't respond to it all. I grab a little that little half inch call. It's a little higher pitch and a little bit softer. And sometimes I can get them to do something a little different. But every every day is different. Every situation is different. I mean, there's no one one thing fits all for every day when it comes to specs, especially down here. Yeah. Oh, is it sharp? What do you have to say about hunting them specs up in up in Arkansas? Um, when you get a fresh push, it's great. When you get fresh birds up there, it's awesome. But then once they once they kind of stick to a spot, and you've been running a traffic on them, going from they get wise on you real quick. Like you said, it doesn't matter. They don't want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, no. It, Everybody can say what they want about habitat and whatever. The the main thing to me that affects geese is pressure, 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 pressure. And they, they they go, they avoid pressure like nobody's business. And and Arkansas is fixing to find out if they didn't already start finding out that all them, all them hunters and piling all them hunters in, the pressure is going to get to them sooner or later. Yeah, that, oh, that's actually it, a big conversation it, we had it, at, at the Duck Lodge this year. Yeah, yeah I think we had that conversation. They're a whole earlier. different bird now. When you're watching them, when you're watching them work now, they're not even they're not looking at the decoys. They're looking for where that sound's coming from. And if they if you call at them when they're not you know in line with those decoys and you're on an edge of something, they they've learned they've learned to stay off those edges. And if they hear cut, if they hear sound coming out of cut, you're done. Yep. Now, and and you brought up a good thing, Bill. And if you don't want to talk about, it, that's fine with me. Um, it's something that I've been talking about all season this year, and people give me the the nose up a little bit, and that that's fine. Um, I think everybody but, gives you the nose. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> yeah, I got it. I hunted. I hunted. I was fortunate. I hunted. Got to hunt different back in the day. But, you know, we are seeing more of the 60 men, 60 guys in the field, 30 guys in the field. And it, it is, you know, especially with these geese, you know, it's putting a lot of pressure on the birds. 
Um, what's your opinion about all that? And um, kind of just giving you your your wisdom about educating these birds sooner than we would like. Well, I don't. <clears throat> I've hunted with twenty people. I, I, I personally. Would rather not hunt with 20 people. If I had my choice, I'd hunt with two or three. Um, I understand why they do it. Everybody's trying to make a living and feed their families. I understand all that, but uh, I, I just I just can't see anything good coming out of hunting 20 people in the morning and going back and hunting 20 in the afternoon. Um, but once again, everybody's got their own opinion about it. I just think it... uh. It just educates a whole lot of birds in one day. Yeah. It's crazy, too, because I was talking to an uh, an old-timer here that hunts up here in uh, Eagle Mountain Lake, and he was telling me how, you know, waterfowl was at the peak in the 80s and 90s, and then it dropped out of nowhere, and now it's becoming a new cool thing, and he's seeing people, you know, 20, 30 people in – somewhere part of that northern part of the lake in the marsh and they're just crowded together. I'm like, he said he's never seen that in his life. It blew his mind. But he said he, he ain't, needless to say, he ain't ever going to, he ain't going to hunt there no more, but he's been hunting there for, hell, he must have been up in his 50s. He said he's been hunting there over 40 years, so. Yeah. It's well, crazy. Everything, everything changes, you know. Everybody's got their own opinion and I'm not going to knock anybody for doing what they, what they think is right. And like I said, I've, Hunted plenty with with twenty people in a blind, and then, and it just it it's it's not not the same for me. I, I'm I guess I done passed the stage of wanting to kill all the everything that they, that I can, but um I don't know. I don't I don't know if it's like I said. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but I, I do think it puts puts pressure puts more pressure, and you shoot in more birds, and you know you don't even have to necessarily be in the you know, if the geese are in a field a half a mile away and you you banging off 20 guns, that, that's going to affect geese that are a half a mile away, you know, whether you yeah. think it does or not. It does. <laughs> yeah, and that's something I've talked about with, with some of the guys down here is, you know, Louisiana is a different game than it is up in Arkansas, Missouri, and when I was hunting up in Nebraska, you know, um, Agriculturally, we're different um, with the crawfish. You know, I you know some people say the crawfish hurt the ducks. Uh, the geese kind of, you know, he, geese don't mind. He got the big old neck. He can feed or whatever. Um, but, you know, it's getting more popular down here. We're starting to get more out-of-towners down, which I don't mind. I love, you know, I, I have plenty of guys that have uh, plenty of really good buddies that have guide services, and I hope them. I wanted to see them all flourish because, you know, they're good friends of mine and uh, they've helped me kind of from an outsider come down here and, you know, be very successful as a waterfowl down here in Louisiana. And, um, like I said, I I love this place and, you know, this place, you know, this is where I rest my hat at. But at the same time is, you know, you have all those guys hunting those big, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of people in the blinds, you know, big, you know, hunting big feeds with, you know, 20, 30 people. And then we have you know the agriculture part where this year on every single you know crawfish field you have those nomadic pop guns, which that to me are educating the birds just as much as um those big those um big hunting groups. Yeah, well down here, down here you got pop guns, you got airboats, you got crawfish boats, you got the the Mexicans and the farmers going check, you know, checking their water, checking their traps, riding around on four wheelers. I mean, the bird doesn't have a doesn't have anywhere to rest, um, like it once did. I mean, it is what it is. I understand that the farmers got to make a living just like everybody else, and they the way everything, the price of everything is. That's how they make their living, you know. But it's just not goose hunting and uh and and agriculture don't seem to go as much hand in hand down here as it once did. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, I mean, it's, a, I don't know. We can kind of, we've, we've kind of talked about this in the previous shows about Louisiana and agriculture and, you know, switching from rice to cane, uh, sugar cane and sugar cane, yeah. um, just a, just a bunch of stuff. And I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not, uh, I'm definitely not the guru, but understanding the answers of like what to make, how to make this, uh, uh, agriculture better for the ducks and stuff. So, um, I mean, I leave that up to people who definitely get paid more than I do to do this stuff. So, yeah, myself. I... <laughs> yeah, I, I try not. I try not Yo. to get in any of the into arguments about any of that. I just, I, you know, I have have my opinions whether they're right or wrong, just like everybody else has theirs. Yeah, and they, yeah. You, and you see a lot of people on social media like they're kind of getting these little bit. But you, my thing is, if you're hunting legally and you're hunting ethically, it doesn't matter. You know, right. you know, you, nope. you're not if you're not breaking laws. Who are any of us? You know, we all have our thoughts, but really, who are any of us to tell another human here in the U.S. in the United States of America how to hunt? Um, exactly. Yeah, exactly. as long as you're doing it ethically. But I mean, obviously, with everything. As long as you're following the rules, it, it, it doesn't matter. You know, like I said, everybody's got their opinion about everything, but to, to criticize somebody and, and say that they're doing wrong when they're following the law, just, I mean, it is what yeah. it is. I mean, every, everything changes. Nothing stays the same. No, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, if you don't change with the times, you become a dinosaur. And just like the dinosaurs, if you don't change, you become extinct. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. So on call wise, you know, on your hunting call, and since you guide pretty much, you know, I talked to you quite a bit during the season. You you, you guide almost every every day of the season. Every day. What, <laughs> every day. <laughs> what calls do you have on your lanyard? Um, I got a meat duck call. I got a whistle. I got a half inch spec, a three quarter spec. And a five eight spec and a snow goose call. A snow goose call. So yeah. this year, how'd you do in a snow goose? This is the first time I've seen this many snow geese down here in Louisiana. There was a lot. There was a good bit of snow geese, but you know that we used to hunt geese. You know, two or three days out of the week, some sometimes at our club. And then this year, the duck hunting was so good. Nobody wanted to hunt geese. We actually didn't even, I don't think any, any of the guys hunted more, you know, hunted geese more than a couple of days out of the whole season up until duck season closed. So we didn't, we didn't target the snows or, or the, the specs as hard as what we normally do. Um, I didn't actually go on a strictly goose hunt until the duck season was over. Yeah. Are you running snow? Are you guys running snow geese hunts right now since it's conservation season? No, we don't do that out there. Yeah, yeah. No, once once uh, spec season's over, we close everything up and they they start draining all the water and getting everything ready to plant. Yeah. Yeah. After after uh, teal season and duck season and spec season, uh, it's time for it to be. <laughs> it's time for it yeah, to be. yeah. It's- it's time for yeah. It's a bittersweet. Like I, I'm glad when it's over, and then a uh, two three weeks go by. Man, I miss it. hundred percent. I think I got it. I took I took eighty. I think I made eighty nine guided hunts. So I'm, I'm had a, I'm had enough of it. <laughs> <laughs> and for a lot of the viewers that don't know, um, I know um, me. I know you're ready for turkey season, aren't you? Yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> About another, about another, not quite another month. Yeah. And y'all, fact, y'all as soon as that, soon season, as that, con- right? soon as that contest is over, I'm heading to Mississippi to go start scouting. Yes. It, oh. It's so weird how we, you know, we're sandwiched between three of really good states that have a lot of turkey, but down here in Louisiana, there's not much, you know, it's kind of depressing hunting turkey here in Louisiana. Yeah, they're they're very spotty. Yeah, I mean, I think I'm gonna the, probably the better of the area down here in the Vernon Bogart Parish. But yeah, yeah I mean, um, and even that that's not saying much. I mean, I, I haven't I haven't killed a turkey since I left North Carolina. If you kill kill one in Louisiana, that's a pretty good accomplishment. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You got to mount that one and say, "I where you killed it, what parish killed it in." <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Go ahead, Bill, my bad. I said it seems like a lot of a lot of states are having a decline in their turkey population. Oh, I know where I where I hunt in Oklahoma. Uh, mm-hmm. Up until last year, I think you could kill three in that state, and now you can only kill one statewide. Really? Oh wow! Yep. Huh? Yeah. What well, I mean, what is what would be the reason for that? Two seasons? Yeah, I know. That population. I don't. I don't know what the. Uh, I'm not that up on what the call what the cause of it is, but I, I, from what I understand, Oklahoma, Kansas, Mississippi, Louisiana, they all having a, a decline in their turkey population. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I I, mean, I used to live in Kansas, and the, and the turkey pop. You know, granted, this was back in the early 2000s when I was living in Kansas. Um, you know, there's turkey all over the place. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, there was a, I mean, hell, even Tennessee is turkey everywhere. Yeah, Tennessee is true, yeah. There's a whole lot of turkey everywhere. Um, I know here in Texas, talking to people who hunt turkeys, they said they've they just been pushing more southwest. Um, you might, then even from the panhandle, they're just pushing southwest. Yeah, but we... Um, and then if you do... Those are the Rios, you're dumb. Texas, yeah, the Rios. <laughs> the Rios dumb. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I'm gonna I'm gonna go try and find me one of those dumb ones though. <laughs> yeah, hey, I'll tell you what. Because like, I, I, mean, I grew up in California, we had all those Rios, and you know I felt like I was man, turkey hunting's not that. Not that. I mean, people you hear in, in the east, turkey hunting, you know, how difficult it was. I'm like, listen, we go hunting blue jeans and a flannel. Turkey hunting wasn't that hard. No decoys in a box call. We're gonna we're as long as you found their feed in their water hole, you'll be all right. But yeah, mm. definitely getting humbled once you go down to the east and not that eastern. Dude, hunting these westerns no. back home have have humbled me from the ones up in the especially the ones up in North Carolina. Those mountain birds, they'll 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 tick you off. But finally, once you get one, and then you know why you're out there running around after them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so Bill, do you just hunt? Do you just hunt turkeys one um, one season out of the year, or do you hunt them both the fall and spring? No, just the spring. Yeah, because I know the fall you get kind of busy with waterfowl. Yep. Yeah. Once once September rolls around, I'm I'm pretty much waterfowl until February. <laughs> so once turkey season uh, is done for you, what does it look like for you? Are you out? Just kind of relaxing, making calls, or no? When when turkey season when turkey season is over, that's when busy season for me. Getting all the calls ready for stores and getting all the inventory built up and getting stocked up for when hunting season starts. So, okay. So yeah, the, the summer the summer is my my busy. You would think it would be different, but summer is my my busiest time as far as working in here. Trying to do so the, get wood call wood calls built that I that I'm behind on and um, like I said getting ordered getting store orders and inventory stocked up it, it uh, gets pretty hectic during the summer. So that around this time is kind of your me time with the turkey hunting, huh? Yeah, I get a few a few weeks or a month that not a whole lot of uh, of orders coming in. Um, I still got custom orders to do, but I kind of sneak away a little bit and go turkey hunting here or there and catch the orders in between. Nice, nice. Now, you hear a lot of waterfowlers, and I know personally a lot of guys. Um, and I, I think, you know, we had a show with, with Ben Perez who talked about do you feel that if what do you like more, turkey hunting or the waterfowl? I hear a lot of guys saying that you know they could that they switch over to turkey hunting permanently. No, I'm not going to do that. But um, I like them both. But I, I can't, I can't get away from seeing those speckle bellies come in. <laughs> yeah, some big orange, uh, some big orange. I mean, I think, for me too. Yeah, I, mean, uh, I, I think uh, that's uh, just one of those. Yeah, go ahead, Bill. 
a goose a goose coming in. I, I I just I don't think I'll ever get tired of seeing that. Um, turkey's a close second, but uh, if I had to if I had to choose, I'm afraid I'd have to still chase, chase geese. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, that's even, that's like, that's like asking Joe, like, Joe, I mean, I know you, you, you talked about it a lot in the past, pheasant hunting. I mean, would you, you know, go back? I like pheasant and, hunting. I grew up pheasant hunting. I really like pheasant hunting. Um, man, me and my old man, I talked about this the other day. But I'll tell you what, I, I got some, I got some guys down here from North Carolina, and we got into the Dutch real good one day, and we got into some geese. And there is nothing more sad as there's a different, you feel a different in your heart when you watch a duck fall and hit the ground and then hit the water. And when you see that goose fold up and you hit the splash, there's more of accomplishment when you, when you see that goose fold up. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you got them to, especially if you got them to work right, like you want them to. And he's all the way in like, like he's supposed to with his wings out. When they're yeah, when, we, when me and uh, Sharp called what? what? What do we call it, Sharp? Toad and melons. Uh, toad, and, toad and melons. Yeah, when, when their wings are cupped up. Toad and melons. I little melons on another wing. I, I like shooting the geese because, like, to me, it's like uh, it's like most of the time chess to checkers, you know, like. Killing ducks is like playing checkers with those geese is playing chess. If you don't, if you're not strategic on how you do certain things, they're going to, they're going to win. I like the, the challenge I get out of the, out of the spec compared to a duck most of the time. Yeah. I just, I like things with feathers on them. It doesn't really matter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm not a big deer hunter. I might hunt once or twice a year deer. I ha- I have a bow that I've never even took in the woods. But yeah, it's something about uh, wing shooting that 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 is uh, very captivating. Yeah, I will say that too. Growing up, uh, big game hunting man. I uh, I mean, I, I miss it. Uh, and I might uh, this season. I think I'm probably going to do a little bit more deer hunting too. But uh, and just getting in there. It's definitely fun. And the kids, I think my kids enjoy it a lot more too. They they don't like when dad tells them to shut up in the blind <laughs> or when we're up in a tree stand because they got to be quiet and stuff. Like, why do I got to spray this stinky shit on me? It's like, because you smell like three pebbles. <laughs> but uh, yeah, they, they love it. So, I mean, it, man, waterfowl is definitely something insane. And, but I, I wish I could have more of that conversation with the specs, but we just don't get them right here where I'm at as much. Most of ours are the cacklers and uh, the Canada yeast, and we'll get some snows every now and then. But they kind of they kind of stop right there in Oklahoma, or they're pushed to the Panhandle and hit all them dry fields. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, well, a, a lot of people don't know is Bill makes a real good Canada goose call. Yeah, no, I'm going to go uh, snag one for me. I'm going to be at a shop, snag one. <laughs> yeah, I got but, I got plenty of them. Yeah. Yeah, that's, so that's not, uh, a, not a lot of people, not a lot of people know that, that I, that I do make Canada calls and they don't, you know, I, the ones that, the ones that get them from me, they love them, but it just, uh, once again, in Canada call market and duck call market, it's a hard market to get, to get in. Yeah. So, not even going back to that, I mean, you make, you know, you make what I would call a championship duck call. And you hear a lot of this industry of uh, everything's a championship duck call. But, I mean, you have uh, the win of the win under your belt. Um, yeah. Duck call-wise, um, what new and, and, and what interesting things do you have coming out? Or is there anything new that you have coming out with your duck call line? Yeah, we never stop. We never stop trying to get the duck calls better. Hayden and I are going to start working on another duck call whenever, uh, whenever he, uh, breaks away from his schedule. Uh, and I'm also working on it. On yeah. On a, <laughs> he just got through guiding snow geese. So he's taking a little break right now, but, um, we're going to start tweaking on the duck call again. And then, uh, 
I'm also got a double read duck call that I'm going to start making again. Uh, everybody, I say everybody, a lot of people ask for a double read and I tell them no, but, uh, I, I guess I'll, I'll try to get another one of them going. If I can get a good one, get a good one done, I'll start selling those again. Yeah. Uh, what made you get away from that? I mean, I knew when I started, I started off double read. Then I, I, you know, and then uh, I was fortunate to get, get in a group of fellows that um, were, you know, known, you know, with the duck call industry. And I, uh, uh, and I switched to a single read. But what made you get away from the, the double reads? Same, same thing. Whenever I, I'm not the, I'm still not the greatest duck caller, but I mean, I, I'm, I'm fairly decent at it. And, uh, I just, when I started blowing a single read, I just kind of got away from double reads and I just got where I didn't really like fooling with them anymore. So I just, uh, quit, quit selling them unless somebody really, really had to have one. I'd make one for them, but, uh, I just prefer a single read. And I, I try to teach people on a single read from the beginning, you know, um, Nothing wrong with a double read. Hell, I hunted with a double read for half the time I've been been hunting. That's what I hunted with yeah. double read. I mean, there's nothing wrong with them. It's it just uh, now it, I just prefer a single read. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely a big transition. Um, I've had guys tell me, you know, we we took away your training wheels. <laughs> you know, I switched over, well, but well, I, I'm not gonna say that. It just it's just different. I mean, everybody everybody it's hard it's hard to make a call that fits everybody everybody's got a different mouth different air different tongue different everything so not no two people are going to blow exactly the same so double recalls fit different pe- fit people better than single recalls sometimes ah, same thing with a spec call you know my spec call might not fit everybody somebody else's they might they might fit them fit the way they blow better it's just a fine line to try to get as close as you can to build something where, where everybody likes it. And it, I think it's almost impossible to get. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. I, I love the the way you explain that bill. Cause um, I mean, you're 100% right. I mean, Bill, I mean, Joey, I mean, you're a ball player. I mean, it's like every bat fits everybody's different. Every glove fits everybody different. I mean, sharp, you played ball growing up. So it's just like, it's one of those things like, um, I think it just got got to fit you as a person, but um, well, I, I, I've I think seen I'm it still, still going to blow it. my whistle and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Chris stays with the whistle, with the whistle, but Bill, <laughs> whistle and jerk horn is just like what? <laughs> yeah, the jerk horn. <laughs> I'm going to come to you. I'm going to come to you. I'm going to get that uh, spec calling down, and uh, maybe I'll make some more trips up in Arkansas. And, uh, <laughs> Make it up there this time. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you. Yeah. Did you see my truck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was on the way. Oh, so Bill. So I know you kind of. So, uh, end of the season, we're all supposed to meet up in Arkansas. Well, our, you know how Texans can't drive in the snow. Uh, uh-huh. uh, the uh, <laughs> the crazy storm of twenty twenty three. Um, hell, my my truck fishtailed and. I, I got hit by a guy who hit black ice. He couldn't stop. And there goes my trip. I texted him. <laughs> I texted yeah. a picture to Joe and Joe's like, what? Yeah. 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 He told yeah, his truck. Oh, oh wow. So that talker that I, I sent you, Bill, that could have been his. If I, if I remember right, whenever you were driving us around, we kind of almost, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we hit that bump, that, that bump alongside the interstate, and uh, yeah, we kind of launched in the sea, if I remember right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think uh, it's making sense I think, now, Chris. I think, uh, Brooke, I think Brooke, Brooke ended up in the Hayden's lap in one of those turns. <laughs> I think I think so. I got I think I got I I I went from six foot three to six foot. My neck got compressed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I remember that. I know exactly what you're talking about because we were leaving and I had to use the restroom. Not number one, number two, and I had to go bad. <laughs> but man, I, I even told you, I was like, hey, I apologize, but I got to go. And I was, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> man, it was, it was a good time. <laughs> oh, yeah. But, um, uh, I'm sorry to put two together uh, here, Chris. 
It what? <laughs> so I put two two together. Driver. Yeah. <laughs> I've only been in two wrecks. No, I've been in three. Both my fault. I've only been in two. <laughs> yeah. One of them wasn't my fault. It was in the military. I was deployed, and yeah, that, that, yeah. yeah. But uh, but anyways, um, but yeah, it was a good time. Man, Bill, I'm excited. I I'll be down there. Uh, I'll probably have my clan with me, so you're gonna see about you know twenty different of my kids running around. He is a big one, but <laughs> yeah, It'd be hard to tell them apart. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, man, uh, I, it was a good time. I was excited, but if y'all haven't uh, checked out the the calling competition and stuff, I mean, y'all check it out on the social media. Bill kind of brought it up earlier and. Um, and that turnout was amazing last time. And it, if it comes out even better, I could only imagine how much fun it's going to be. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it sounds like, sounds like we're going to get a few more people to call than we had last time. I'm, I'm hopeful that, uh, some people come from out of state and out of town and, uh, come check it out. I got yeah. plenty of, plenty of money. Um, I'm paying oh, out yeah. about, oh, I think I'm giving away almost $12,000 in cash. Uh, plus oh, wow. gift card from from Higdon and uh, Pacific Flyway Supplies. I got uh gift bags and stuff from G and H and Gaydon, and I got some uh some stuff from Delta Waterfowl for the kids. So got plenty of stuff to give away. Just need people to come try and get it. Yeah, um, the Spirits Clan will be one of them. I don't know what we're gonna get. <laughs> we'll give the, the, the old college try. But um, good thing when you're talking about the youth. Um, you were, we were talking, and I know you talked to my kids and, you know, they decided this season they want to blow, uh, they both been blowing meat competition for the last three years. But, uh, you from, from your perspective is, um, getting these new youth into the, the duck calling competitions yeah, and getting this other de- gen- generation. We need, we need lots of kids to get started blowing duck calls and goose calls or it's going to end up going the wayside. Uh, that's why I continue to do the, the youth contest, hoping that it, it'll, it'll spur some interest and get some more kids involved. It seems like they all start out pretty good. And then by the time it's time to get into the adult, they're gone. And, uh, yeah. uh, I don't know what the answer is or just so much stuff going on nowadays that, that they have their hands in, I guess duck calling kind of gets left behind, but uh, I wish so, I knew the answer, how so, to get more kids involved. So I got a question, Bill. Um, because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I can't teach my kids. Everybody, Joe knows I can't teach my kids to call, but my, my daughter loves it. <laughs> uh, what's the, is there an age limit for, uh, for them to compete in the youth? Uh, it's from zero to 17. Okay, because she's she's uh, seven, um, and she, hey, she got her first duck call actually at at that uh, that DU Expo, actually the one we were at. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't. Um, and she, somebody I gave her a duck call for free because she was there and we were talking and stuff. So she should. Yeah. Uh, she had saw a yeah. couple competitions, so I'm you know I'm a, I might bring her so down there. The, the junior contest don't cost anything to get in, so anybody, any kid that wants to get up there and give it their shot that's that's the only way that they'll they'll learn and that's the only way they'll get over being nervous on stage is to get up on stage yeah that is yeah for for parents and everything i got to with my two um it's more than just duck calling it's teaching them you know it's teaching them other things in life besides duck calling getting up there giving it their best getting over their fears um I mean, I'll tell you for Chris's kid, if if, if any of his kids have a duck call around their neck, they're already better than their dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm, you know what, Bill? Right now, put a jerk cord competition in this uh, in, in this uh, calling comp, and I, I I bet I beat everybody. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 glad you're, I'm, I'm glad you're going to yank things. <laughs> yeah, and or a whistle. I'm telling uh-huh. you. 
I'll get uh, I'll get Damon I'll get Damon to set up a couple of jerk cords on the backside and you'll have a contest. Oh, <laughs> oh man. But yeah, um uh <laughs> um I yeah. Um but anyways, um man, we can keep on going for hours and stuff and it, it was it was really good having you on, Bill. Before we kind of like break off, I want to ask Joe and Sharp if y'all have anything for him. By the way, Sharp, I love the curly hair. <laughs> I need to get yeah, a haircut. You, you, yeah, give him a break. He has got off guidance from almost, almost eighty days I straight. Did, I did somewhat shave the nasty guide beard off. <laughs> you, you look like you weren't going to survive right now. You're like this half the time, like, and then you're like twitching or something. I don't know what was going on over there. That's why I was laughing. But y'all have anything else for Bill? No, I see see you in uh, about two weeks, Bill. All right, guys. Thank you. And uh, look forward to seeing y'all when y'all get here. Yep. Hey, Bill, again, I want to appreciate the hospitality and uh, being on the show. Um, I can't wait to see you again uh, here in the next two weeks. And uh, and you have a good one. Also, check out Bill and... um, the calls he makes and rice and custom calls and you can check him out on his Facebook, reach out to him. Bill's an absolutely amazing person. He, first day I met Bill, he, I mean, he took me in as, and, and joked around like we, we've known each other for five years. So, um, but if you have any questions, reach out to him. I'm sure he'd help and he has good people around him. So, uh, Bill, you got anything else before we leave? Nope. Just, uh, like I said, I hope everybody shows up to that contest and sees what it's all about and come out and have a good time and uh, look forward to seeing everybody and y'all have a good one. Go Tigers. Yeah, y'all yeah, check it out. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, Giggum. <laughs> y'all have a good one. And uh... Hey, guys, and like always, I want to thank Violent Honor Outdoors for what they do for our service members, first responders, and veterans. And I want to thank A-Bear Custom Decoy Rigs. Like always, y'all have a good one and let Valor not fail. Thank mm-hmm. you.